they always ask. Because I think at this time of year, people like to compare what kind of drivers we are, you know? Um, and I preface it by saying I drive a little Honda to work. So I am that guy spinning out and driving like grandpa. So, um, but, you know, praise the Lord. He put safety on us, and I, I don't take that lightly. Um, if you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn to Joel chapter 2, or Joel, however you want to pronounce it. I'm going to say Joel tonight, so. Amen. Keep our elder in prayer. Um, he will be with us tomorrow, I believe, but um, we always um, understand and know when our elder is not here, but we cover him in prayer, as, as I'm sure all of you do. Uh, Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. Scripture says, Therefore... Also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about repentance and uh, I, I know a lot of times when I get a chance to minister, you'll hear me reference kids a lot. I know the scripture talks about, you know, a lot of times where the Lord will reference children and they have ministry to us. It's, it's something that the scripture points out and, you know, Jesus points out that, you know, be as children, then I'm going to pay attention to it. And I have the unique ability to be around, you know, my own kids, uh, four of them, as well as my 19, 18 kiddos in my classroom uh, through most of my, my school year or most of the year. And I mean, you guys, you, I know you guys take your work home, right? I know none of you, that door, you leave it and you're like, and it's gone. If you do, God bless you. You can teach me something or teach a lot of us something. But I bring my work home a lot of times. And uh, I, I, the Lord designed it that way. I truly believe. He designed he designed for me and he placed me in a purpose uh, where I'm at so I wouldn't just cut things off. I would be connected. And while I am a teacher, I do let those children minister to me and hopefully I minister to them as well. But <clears throat> being around children, I do get to hear apologies a lot. And when I, when I say apologies, I hear the sorry, right? I've got, uh, sorry, you know, that one, the slouch. You've got um, the really, sorry, the quiet one, the not looking you in the eyes. There's, there's a lot of options, right? Um, you know, you can start thinking, maybe you, you're one of those ones. Who knows? I know I've been and probably am sometimes. Um, but I can tell when it's genuine, right? Um, I, I've, I've forced kiddos at times and to, you know, I want you to come up here and you got to talk to your friend and you, you said something wrong. Can you say you're sorry? And they say it right? And it's over. And a lot of times that person who's receiving it is like, okay, yeah, they're probably already done with it, right? It took so long for that first person to apologize. They're like, I'm, this is awkward. I just want to go play, right? Um, but they, they go up there and they say that they're sorry. And, and then that's it. The scripture talks a lot about repentance. And there's a difference between repentance and a, a sorry. There's a big difference of that. And I... I know that the Lord desires for us to understand what repentance is. 
we hear about it a lot. We say it, you know, repent, repent. Um, but in Joel, in chapter 2, in verse 12 and 13, the scriptures talks about the heart. And that's where repentance truly originates. It's where it develops. It's where it comes from. Um, because I've said I'm sorry out of my head. I've said I'm sorry. I've done an action. Oh, great. I know it's going to happen. I better go say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you okay? And then I move on. And I said it all in just my like my autopilot mode. I've said that, but it wasn't from here. And the Lord understands that, right? I mean, sometimes we, we can trick ourselves. I know I have, or I say those things, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I might um, draw it out a little bit more. There might be a little bit more emotion. I might really close my eyes about it, but is it really repentance? And I have to wonder to myself, is it? Um, so when, when we talk about this today, I just want you to understand it's about the heart. And I've had it before, and I call it a blessing because, not in the moment always, but I call it a blessing afterwards when I'm able to realize, and the Lord allowed me to feel repentance on that situation, on that thing. Um, I've had times where I've apologized and I've said it, and I thought I, I truly thought I repented. I really did. And don't let the enemy put any condemnation in you tonight. And I, I pray that you will have an understanding of the scripture minister to you. But sometimes when we say that, it may not truly be that. I, I've prayed and I've said that and I've read the word and all of a sudden it grips me and it's like, I, I really repented. I know what that is to the point where I actually had to go and meet up with an individual and say, I know we talked about it. I know we discussed this, but you know, I really am sorry. And you know, they were like absolutely done with it already, but I knew what the Lord dealt with me and I knew, and I knew at that moment, this is that repentance and this is where I need to go. And so I had to go in and take care of it at that point. Um, there's a couple things I wanted to highlight and I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget them on here, but uh, repentance starts with change, changes of view. Okay. Um, a lot of times, like, you know, we, we can recall, some of us can recall our uh, before Christ days, right? We're, we're doing things and it's, that's just our normal, right? There's, that's just what the world does. That's what I do. It's no big deal. And then that day comes where we open the scripture, or someone ministers to us, and boom, the thing I was doing is right there. And I'm like, oh, man, there it is. I, I can't hide anymore. I can't discredit that. I know what the word says. So what happens is, is we understand what the scripture says, and all of a sudden it's truth. Then it becomes, all right, now if I do this thing again, I either know that it's wrong and I'm going to do it, right? Or before, I just had no idea. I just was living my life. I had no understanding. Now the scripture comes to my mind, and I'm like, okay, now I have that choice to make. Um, again, that's a blessing. Not in that moment, probably, because a lot, oftentimes we're we might have had years of doing this thing. We might have years of believing this certain way. And again, the word comes at us in love. If we really understand, he comes at us in love in a way that he's willing and gently trying to tell us and correct us. Uh, just as we do with our kids, just as we do with the people we love. You know, we're not usually wagging our finger at them and trying to make them feel horrible. We desire them to, to know what's right. And that's what God does to us. When we know it's, well, once we know it's sin, once we know that there's that issue, um, that maybe it's a lifestyle or something that we're doing, then comes this emotion to it. Um, when I, I start looking at sin and I start seeing it, 
I know I have repentance when I start looking at that thing and my attitude, I just feel uneasy, right? Um, I've done it. I'm, I'm guilty of this thing where I've, I've looked at it and I've reasoned it and I've said, you yeah, know, Lord, I know what your word says. I know how you've dealt with me, but you know, these guys are still doing it and they're, they're good people, right? But I get uneasy and nobody else is, right? I've drawn this line in my life where I'm like, I should know I shouldn't do this. This is what the word of God says, but it's fine. I'm just going to partake in it anyways. They're doing it. Um, and I know this kind of sounds like really vague. Put yourself in the thing, right? I, I'm trusting the Lord's going to spark something in our minds here tonight. But when I do that, it's an uneasy feeling. And there's a, probably not a more uncomfortable place to be in your walk with God when you are unsettled, when you are not confident in walking in Him, when you are just kind of ah, just unsettled, uneasy about it. The Lord will affect our emotions, and He does. Um, again, I, I've been in that place where all of a sudden I've, I'm, I'm you know, maybe going to go do something I would have, and and all of a sudden, you know, this horrible memory of mine of other, all these other things is just like, oh, wait a minute, now I remember that scripture that we talked about you know, like three months ago, and awesome timing, great, here I am, and but then it starts to grip me, and that feeling, that uneasiness, that's the Lord working. That's where the Lord is starting to say, hey. I can't grab your hand and make you not do this thing. I can't force you to not enter into that activity or that thought or whatever that sin may be. But I can plant the thought. I can plant the emotion. I can change it for you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing from the Lord. Which leads it to the next part, which is our will, right? I didn't know it was sin. Okay, now I do. I'm uneasy about it. I, I don't know if I should do this or not. Now it's our will. Now it's our chart. Now it's our choice. It's our purpose in what we are doing. And um, I again, I've done it. I've been like, okay, I know what you want, Lord. I'm gonna do it next time. And then I, you know, go off and I do that. And and I, I think I repent and I say I'm sorry. And I'm I'm great. I'm grateful that the Lord does this to me. And I, I've shared it before with my wife. Um, I truly believe how gracious and mercy merciful the Lord is. That when I make an error, I. A lot of times the Lord puts me back in that situation. He gives me an opportunity again. Sometimes it, it doesn't happen like that, but I can recall and I can know when the Lord deals with me that if I don't make that right choice, if I don't make the good decision, the Lord will say, okay, just remember that. Um, it, sometimes it's the next day. Sometimes it's down the road. But again, the Lord sparks our emotions and our memory. So when it does come up, we remember, okay, I remember what the word says. Uh, I remember that feeling. This is that. Okay, here we go. And then it's our choice. And I, I know that at times, you know, we, we've seen where that demonstration elder talks about it, where repentance, we're walking towards sin and repentance is turning away. But I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I've been walking away, but I've had like my phone out looking in the rear view, like, peeking out and be like, is it really that bad? Or, you know, what's going on back there? Um, I, I really have, right? It's not like I'm saying it's it's totally wrong and I've I've given up all on that. I'm still kind of double checking, right? Like, is it still bad? Okay, yeah, no, it's still bad. Yeah. I have to understand that I'm gonna make these choices in my life. When repentance comes and it works into us, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. I it's uncomfortable in the workplace when you have drawn a line when you have said, this is not where I'm going to go, and you have all of your coworkers doing that other thing, speaking that other way, partaking in that other way, I can tell you, you can still be a good coworker. You can still be a good friend. 
by not participating, by not partaking in any of that. And um, I'm learning this is that they start drawing lines for you. Like you'll be in places and you'll be meeting with them and, and they'll be like, oh, we can't talk about that right now. And it's not like a, a negative way. It's not like people will say, oh, so-and-so walked in. Let's, but it's like, oh, let's not talk about that for you. But we're, we're going to change what we're doing for that. It's a blessing. It's the Lord saying, hey, you made a choice for me. You changed something in your heart. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put people, uh, thoughts in people that they didn't even understand. They're going to change the way that they're talking because of the things that you've consecrated unto me. That is a beautiful blessing of the Lord. Um, I will say before uh, we continue on that I have, maybe it's like uh, something the Lord's dealing with me, um, the season that I'm in. But whenever we say a scripture, we, we might say, I call them Christian catchphrases. Like, hallelujah, amen, um, the Lord's working on you, in your heart. These things that we hear often, and we just kind of put them in our little, I don't know, repertoire of phrases we use, but we don't always think of them. Um, I hear this one, and the Lord dealt with me a lot about it, about your heart. The Lord's working in your heart, or you need to just uh, let him minister to your heart. Don't let it be a catchphrase. The Lord says a lot about that. There's a purpose as to why the Lord says it's your heart is the issue. Um, turn with me to uh, chapter Second uh, Corinthians, chapter seven. Uh, second, second Corinthians chapter seven and verse eight. Uh, Paul had the authority of the Lord where he is able to minister, to talk to people um, out of love, out of that care. I had to tell, <laughs> I had to tell a kiddo today, um, out of love, do not put, um, like that rock salt stuff in your mouth. Like, I, like, I know it's blue. I know it looks appetizing, like candy. I think I even asked that. Do you think it was candy? And they just tight-lipped and didn't want to say anything to me. But um, out of love, I had to correct them. And it, it was something that Paul walked in. Paul walked into the, the authority of saying things. It, I, I wouldn't say that he didn't care what you thought. He did care what you thought. But he said it out of love, and he cared more about your soul because the Lord cared about your soul. And Paul walked in that authority when he would speak, when he would go to people. Um, you need to, I need to learn something from that. Second right, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. Kind of uh, in 
verse 8, he kind of was jumping back and forth. It's almost like you could hear Paul's inner thinking because, you know, at first he says, I don't repent, although I did repent uh, because I perceive that the same epistle I've made you sorry, but it was just for a season. And we can understand that sorry for a season oftentimes leads to that surface level, right? Not that inward part of that sorry. When the scripture is talking about the heart, oftentimes it's talking about that inward part of you, that part that is just so unsettled that I can't go on. Right. If, if I'm sinning and I can just quickly go, Lord, I'm sorry, and then I can just open my eyes and go about my day, it's a pretty good sign as to what kind of sorry it was, what kind of repentance that was. Uh, Paul here is explaining that, and he's saying that your sorry, your sorry or sorrowing was not unto repentance um, at times. It just made you sorry for a season. But in verse 9, he says, but that ye sorrowed to repentance or that you were made sorry after a godly manner. That's what we have to aim for. When I am sinning when I have done that, and it's like, Lord, I'm sorry to you. To you is the one that I'm sinning against. To you are the one that I'm, I'm sorrow for. You know, we've always heard the phrase, are you sorry or are you sorry that you got caught? Um, in middle school, when I was writing the answer to a spelling bee the next day, I was sorry I got caught. There wasn't a whole lot of sorrowful that I was like, oh, it's integrity. The Lord wasn't pulling at my heartstrings at that moment. But I learned certain things, right? And even in my walk with the Lord now, there's been things where I've said I'm sorry, and I thought I had dealt with, but he gripped me later. He gripped me into a point where I'm like, oh, I don't feel right about this. It had nothing to do. There was no uh, condemnation. It was a conviction. The conviction comes from God where he wants to say, I want you to remember this moment. I want you to remember it because this is what's going to bring the godly sorrow that I desire. Uh, turn with me here uh, say, well, uh, to Acts chapter 2. For, uh, I know in Acts chapter 2, we, we always go to 38. Um, I, I, I love verse 37 a lot. There's a, there's a ministry point to me. Um, I probably should have a long time ago. I had um, Acts 238, 238 is my Wi-Fi code or my password. So like I was like, man, people are trying to get internet and they'll see my code. And hey, maybe if it draws them to be like, what is the scripture? They'll open it up. But um, I have a new one now, I'll have to tell you later. But um, Acts 2.37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And there's a couple of things that happen here. There's that heart again. There's a word in there that says uh, pricked to their heart. And in the translations and looking into it, it talks about a piercing. Uh, we know what the Word of God does. We know we've, we've read scriptures where the Word of God pierces into the dividing of asunder um, into our heart, right? It pierces that. It goes to that place where nobody else could find, nobody else could say that thing. Um, and it's amazing when that happens because you understand, like, how did you find that place? How did you know that was going to affect me that way? I, I know I talk about children a lot. I talk about how they minister to me and, you know, again, hopefully I minister to them. But I, I look at, I try to look through the lens of everything in my life 
as something um, the Lord is using to teach me more about him. Okay, my marriage. He teaches me in my marriage about our marriage, you know, as us being the bride. And with children, he talks to me, talks to me about children. In the body of Christ, he talks, you know, he talks to me about his body. And I have been, you guys ever had that like phrase where it's like, uh, you didn't make me, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. It's like the worst feeling in the whole wide world. Absolute worst. Um, like, just be mad at me. I just prefer that. But when someone's disappointed in you, um, I feel the Lord does that a lot, right? It's not mad at us, just disappointed. I know that that feeling, that emotion, when I feel it with the Lord, that's what he desires. Because I can think in the natural. I can think, you know, with my spouse. I can think of my children when they're not mad at me. They might just be disappointed. And I, again, I would that you would just be mad because at least you know, when you're mad, it's that surface level. It's the it's a word or it's it's a, a you know whatever emotion that I know I can take. But being disappointed, that's a relationship. That's what that speaks of. When someone's disappointed, I'm not disappointed in random strangers, right? I might just be like, look, you cut me off. I'm not disappointed in your turning. I'm just mad at your turning. You <laughs> fix that. But when someone's disappointed in that, I can understand. I can relate to that. I think to myself, is that what the Lord does? When he pricks our heart, he understands that's what being disappointed is. When I sit here and I go, man, I didn't make the Lord mad. I let him down. I disappointed him in something that he heard, right? Peter over here is, is speaking and he's doing it out of love, right? Because if anybody else would have said the things that Peter did, I don't know if I would have received it right. But Peter is talking to these people and he's explaining here, you know that same Jesus that you guys arrested and all that? Yeah, you crucified? Yeah, he's Lord and Christ. And they heard it, and it pricked their heart. It pierced their heart. They understood, now what do we do? What do we do? And I know there's a lot of times in our life where the Lord does that to us, where something comes our way, we might have sinned, we might have fallen short, and I'll say that it pricked our heart. Let's just say that. Let's say it pricked your heart. And we go, what do we do? And we obviously understand Peter's next words. He says unto them, and verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance comes up a lot. You'll find oftentimes when God's dealing with his people, he doesn't talk to them and just say, All right, make that real sorry face, you know, scrunch those eyebrows, weep a little bit talks about repentance because he understands that shows a personal relationship. If I truly mean that I'm sorry, it's going to lead to it. And that's going to lead to it. And I understand too, falling short. Sometimes I have no idea that I'm not repenting. I really don't. I, I think I am I'm doing my best. I, I read it in the word. I try to understand it. But going back to it, it pierces your heart. If it doesn't pierce your heart, I've prayed this before. Lord, I pray that that sin against you would pierce my heart because when it does i won't want to do it doesn't mean that i don't always follow that i sometimes do fall into that sin it does happen believe it or not but when it does or if it does it hurts and it leads to a change it leads to something that the lord desires uh, turn with me a couple chapters to acts 5 
I said that the, uh, the scripture pricked their hearts, and I said that's how it should be. But that doesn't always happen. Um, in Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 29, Peter's on his mission again. He's still going. He's still talking. Out of love, I'm sure. Um, but he's not holding back. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. At this point, the Sanhedrin um, were talking to him and explaining, hey, you can't go around and be telling people about Jesus, right? Can't be going around and telling them all these things and these works. And, uh, you know, you're getting this crowd, you're getting this following. And Peter and the apostles were like, we got to obey God rather than men. Verse 30 says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. In verse 33, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. They heard a really similar message to those in chapter 2. They heard about what had been done to Jesus. They heard the accusing words. And in one situation, they were pricked to their heart. The word got to them, pierced them. It meant something. And then in another place, it cut their heart. That talks about almost like an annoyance, like a frustration. Okay. Um, I've been there too. Someone says, calls you out on one of your faults. And I'm like, oh, man, you're right. Like, no. And oftentimes what I try to do is bring up some of their faults, right? If we're throwing a fault party and just talking about other people's issues, let's just do this. Um, because with my, my natural eyes, I'm good at that. I can do that all day long. But I understand this attitude, this heart that the people were hearing. Some of them didn't take it. Some of them were mad and it made them want to slay, right? It made them say, I don't want to hear anything that you're saying. I can't do that for you. I... I am not somebody that can put the word of God and give, in, give it to you to allow it to get into your heart. That's the Lord's ability. That's the Lord's capability. Um, Peter said very similar things, right? It's not like uh, in Acts chapter 5, he's like, he let it down. Maybe he didn't have his theatrics or something was different from Acts chapter 2. It was the people receiving it. It was what was going on inside of them. Um, we hear that. We hear the scripture often where, People will receive the word, and, and you know, in Acts, later in Acts with King Agrippa, where he says, Thou almost persuadest me. It's that same mindset. The word did not grip. Uh, some of us have places in our life, and maybe not all, all places, but some of us have places in our life where the word cannot pierce very easily. Um, There's some places that I've tucked away really well, that I've blocked away, that are, again, those spots that are just not touchable right now. All some other areas, that's good. But some places, not so much. That's those places where it gets brought up, and especially the closer you get. And again, remember that uneasiness we talked about earlier? I know it's sin. I know it was maybe something wrong. Now I'm, my emotions are getting affected. I'm getting uneasy about it. Well, then what's my choice? I can listen. I can repent. And that's what the Lord desires. But if I don't, sometimes it's not just me like saying, you know what, I'm just going to continue to partake in it. I, I hear you, Lord. Um, sometimes it comes with anger. Sometimes it comes with me being mad. Sometimes it comes with me getting an offense because it's a sensitive spot. It's a sensitive spot to talk about, right? Um, 
we we talked about that relationship where the the topics, the things that I talk about sometimes with certain individuals may not always go as deep. And I may not, I, and again, I know you understand when I say I don't care. I do care, but I don't care maybe as deep as I would with somebody that it's close to, my spouse, my family, my, uh, my friends, the body, right? Somebody else at the story, I may not care as deep as maybe I would with, with you all. But when um, I remember doing this activity a long time ago where we were sitting in front, it was like a, a Monday training, and I was sitting in front of somebody, and you had one question you had to ask three times. So I would sit, like if Martine and I were um, at this training, and I would just say, who are you? And he would just tell me, oh, I'm Martine, and tell me maybe something else. And he'd ask me back, and then I would do it again and say, who are you? And he'd go a little deeper. Okay, and I might share some. I'm like, all right, well, I've uh, got more kids, and I've got all these things. And, and then last time, I'd say, who are you? Um, not always, but oftentimes people would go a little bit more deeper, right? Then it's like, okay, I've gone through this. I've been through here. I've gone through all this emotion. And this activity was talking about how a lot of times we do like surface level things. We do surface level things. I greet you, and I... I've challenged myself. I think the Lord put it in my mind a while back when we're in work and people are like, how's it going? Oh, it's good, good. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. And sometimes I just switch it up and they'll say something totally different. I'm like, I'm just peachy. And I do, I mean, I don't think that surprises you guys. But I will say random things like that. And it like stops them. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm just peachy. But it, it like gets them off. It's like I'm throwing them off of their routine of just their autopilot that they go through. Um, I'm not trying to just be silly. I mean, I'm trying to have fun, and I, I love doing that in my work, but the Lord was giving me the understanding of just how routine we go through, right? And so imagine that. Imagine going through the routines and think of your place at work or think of the places you go and the same checkout aisle, the same people that you run across. Oh, how's it going? Smile, all of that. Now think of that and put it in here in the kingdom of God when it comes to repentance. Oh, I've done that. I've gone before the Lord, and I've known, I, I may not have my timer out, but I know how long it takes for me to oh, get that feeling off, right? It's not a godly sorrow. It's just me saying sorry. It's just me feeling an emotion at times just so I can feel better and appease myself. And then I, and then I get up, and I feel good for that moment, right, for a season, as Paul said. But it didn't change me because I go back to it. Um, I don't know your struggles. I don't, I don't know. I care. I care about them because you care about them. I don't always have to know. A lot of times it doesn't, I don't need to know, but I care. And so when I lift up your, your concerns in prayer, when I pray for you, when we pray for one another and we rejoice with one another, that's what the Lord desires for us to do, to overcome that sin, right? I want to rejoice with you when you overcome that. Um, I, I know a while ago, the Lord dealt with me again, um, in kind of the whole kid realm where, man, if you only have like a limited number of something to give to a kids, but there's more kids than the thing you have to give out, it's like, I don't know, you can't win, right? <laughs> I think I found one way though. I have like a, an app on my phone where I click like a random button. And so when it chooses the people and they, the other kids don't get called, I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. That was the app. I'm sorry. That's out of my hands. But the Lord would, uh, 
deal with me because I remember watching kiddos just start like clapping for their classmates when their classmate got something, but they didn't. And everybody wanted the thing. And I'm like, wow, that should be like us. I should always be like us. I should rejoice. Even if that very same thing that that person got is what I wanted, I should rejoice with them. And that's amazing to see. It's amazing to play out, opening our eyes to understanding what the scripture says. So um, I want to go to uh, just one more place here in Psalms chapter 51. I recommend if you if you do, that's great. Maybe I'm just late to the party, but the in studying the scripture, um, Psalms is great. Psalms is powerful. Scriptures are powerful. But I found it's even better when you can link your psalm to your scripture, right? When you understand why the psalm was being written, why was it being sung unto the Lord? Because it just gives you so much more power. It gives it so much more power, at least in understanding um, for me. Um, but Psalm 51, starting in verse 1, this is David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Thou hast that, and thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Uh, again, just reading it, it means a lot, right? You, we, I you know I've heard it before, but you know, against you and you alone have I sinned. That's an attitude. That's a, that's a highlight part. You're a highlighter. Um, when we sin, we're sinning unto the Lord. It's not like I'm, it, it might involve somebody, but I sinned unto the Lord. When I read that, I was like, hey, okay, let me read that subscripture. Okay. Uh, a Psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto, um, came unto him after he had gone in unto Bathsheba. And I thought, wait a minute. He wrote that after the, the incident with Bathsheba. And he said, I sinned against you and you alone. Well, of course, we understand in the natural, he sinned more against just the Lord, but he understood his priorities here. When I sin, it's not just to that individual. What happens is I sin unto the Lord. I, I sin against God. And that is that relationship, right? That's that piercing. Um, I, I think sometimes we have it a little bit backwards because if I sin against a brother or sin against a sister, if I sin against anybody out there, Sometimes my first natural reaction is like, I need to go and just make it right. Like if I'm in that spot where I realize I messed up, I need to go fix it. Um, I, sometimes I just go out in my ability and I, I do that and I take care of the situation. I might apologize and I say, are you good, right? Uh, I feel, feel bad because I don't really have like this super uh, cheesy example. But again, I'm trusting the Lord will, <laughs> will minister to you. But I go out and I, I kind of take care of it. And then I just leave the Lord out of the picture, right? I took care of it, Lord. I figured it out. Uh, I got it. Ah, um, I've been there too where I don't want to hear it, right? I know I messed up. Someone wants to tell me about it, all about it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I got it. I know. I know. I know. I know. You have to tell me about it. I figured it out. Um, 
Again, what am I appeasing though? I'm just appeasing my flesh. And David here is having a spot where he's saying, I sinned against you and you alone. And what happens oftentimes is after that, if I seek the Lord first, he will more than likely draw me back to go and take care of it with that person. But I acknowledge the person or the God that I, I messed up with at first. That's where that godly sorrow comes. I think of Zacchaeus when the Lord, uh, Lord Jesus is walking by, calls him out, you know, hey, get your house ready. I'm going to come over. I got the Sunday school version in my head, but um, <laughs> he, he, calls, he calls Zacchaeus down. And Zacchaeus makes a statement, but his actions, like, I got to go and, and make right with some of these people that I, I, I did wrong. I've got to go make things right. Zacchaeus didn't do that right away, right? The Lord dealt with them. Zacchaeus was dealt with in his heart, and it led him to do something. And that's important. If we go out and say, you know, I messed up. Let me make this list of people I've got to go and apologize to. Make sure the Lord's behind it. Because what will happen is it'll be frustrating. I might come to them, and they might say, get out of here. I don't want to hear you. Well, I'm expecting them to to forgive me, right? I've wronged you. I've done all of these things against you, and I'm going to make it right. You have to forgive me. That's how that works. Well, it doesn't always happen, but I've had peace before where the Lord has given me that repentant heart. I've, I've apologized. I've repented before the Lord, and I've, I've gone and approached or that relationship that I've hoping would be repaired, and it wasn't, but I had peace because I repented, and I know the Lord was dealing something in them, not me. The Lord was doing something more to them and in them than it was to me. Um, I want us to finish here. Uh, same chapter, verse 16 and 17. Uh, chapter 51 and 16 says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God thou wilt not despise. Um, when we started in, in Joel chapter 2, if you go back and you read to that, it talks about having that heart that was, um, the heart was needing to be addressed. And it kind of talks about don't rent your clothes, don't do that. And we know in the Old Testament, when there was a mourning, when there was something sorrowful, people were just, you know, um, you know putting ashes on them. It was a, a form of showing, you know, I guess a sorrowful, right? Feeling sorry for something, a situation, um, something that was done. It's an outward thing. And again, the Lord's talking about here with David saying, you don't delight in those sacrifices. You don't delight in those things that I can do for you, the outward thing, because you desire what's on the inside. And, and the Lord deals with that. The Lord moves and ministers beyond that. I wonder here today, um, and I... I want to ask us um, if we can stand here today. Um, I, I know in any time I have scriptures, I know any time I'm, I'm sharing, the Lord ministers to me. I have to go up here because I'm, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> the Lord ministers to me and nothing's worse than like somebody giving you an option or, or telling you something and laying it all out for you and you're ready to to just go and do and then they're like all right we'll see you later um, i know the lord is desiring for us to 
to act on some of those things and, and maybe were brought to your mind here tonight to truly repent. Um, and, and I don't know how to do that for you. I don't know how to make something pierce your heart, but I know that it can start with just asking. I know it can start with just saying, Lord, you understand my frame. You know what's going on in me. You know the places that I won't let anybody near, um, even places that I may not even know that are there. But I know that if I pray that you can bring them to light just out of love, out of those ways that the Lord desires to do that. I, I wonder if maybe we could um, all around the sanctuary just start to close our eyes and to pray. Lord God, I pray, Jesus, that you would minister into our hearts here this evening. I pray, Lord God, that you would search our heart just as you spoke about in Joel. 